Well, I want to go into the Word of God tonight, and I don't have a joke for you. I ran off and forgot one, but uh, you're, you're all right. Uh, you'll, you'll survive, won't you? Turn in your Bibles. You got it to uh, Genesis. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 12. I've been teaching over the last couple of weeks about faith, about walking in faith and trusting God. And last uh, several weeks, I said something about three things that help us walk by faith. And I said uh, we, we referred to the, the story... Uh, in Mark chapter 9, and, and uh, how to have faith only. Just, just have faith. Don't allow fear. Don't allow these other things to come in. And then we talked a little bit about having faith based on the Word of God. We need to make sure we're not just having... Our faith is not built on... is built on nothing less than... Uh, what is the song? Uh, Jesus' love and righteousness. Yes. But that gives us in, entrance into a relationship with the Word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It comes by us having that promise, that spoken word to us. When are we unmovable, unchangeable in the things what God's promised us? When we've heard Him speak. And I was going through these verses, these verses, I've preached them even here just in the last year and a half. I've probably gone through these verses, uh, I was telling Bill, you know, all my life since I was about 21 years old when I first got a hold of, of, of some of these things. But I have saw something this afternoon new. So... All you've heard this before, you be sure and turn off that, that thought that, oh, I've heard that before. You get ready. God's going to speak. Amen. Uh, verse, or the third thing that I talked about last week or over the last couple of weeks is that we've got to refuse to let our senses rule us. And then I'm going to show you in the Word all these things put into play. Uh, so let's look at, at Genesis. Uh, first of all, Genesis chapter 1. I just want to notice something because I started to... Uh, title this. In fact, I titled this Faith from God's Word. But my original uh, title was Let God's Word Create in You. And I thought, well, that's a long title. That's kind of an unusual title. And I don't, know if, I don't know if people looking at the website or whatever will click on that one because they might think, oh, what's that? That's kind of a strange title. But if you think about it, what does God's Word do? It creates. In fact, Genesis chapter 1, we know, we know this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was without form and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then what happened? God said. See, you can go all through Genesis chapter 1, and what does it say in verse 6? And God said. In verse 9, and God said. We know the creation account. And, and you know, there's a Big Bang Theory. And, it, and, the, and you know, there was that, that's a true... Did you know that was true? God spoke and bang, there it was. Okay, let me, let me retract that last statement. Big Bang Theory ain't exactly right, okay? But bang, there was God's Word. The, the Holy Spirit's hovering over and God spoke and bang, there it was. See, because God's Word creates... That's the, that's the way it works. And, and if you really think about it, think about the words that you... You can wake up in the morning and how you... The words you say to your spouse, if you're married, can create an atmosphere. Actually will create an atmosphere. It's just, it just depends on how you talk as to how the atmosphere is created. Is it, good morning? What's that create? Or is it, good morning? Now, I, you know what's funny is because depending on whether or not you're a morning person as to whether or not how this works, because for me, I, I just remember my dad was a morning person. I mean, 5 o'clock in the morning, he's up ready to roll. 
And, you know, he's poking on us. He's just, you know, it was, it was fine. But it was funny because I remember as a kid, he'd come by. We'd get, we'd get up. We had about uh, 200 registered uh, Simmental cows when I, was, when I was little. And we would gather those cows twice a day. Had, had uh, Gomer bulls on there. And, and we would uh, AI those. We were AIing those cows. We had to figure out who was in heat. I don't want to go into all that process. But it was a process of gathering the cattle twice a day. Well, you know, in the summertime when it got hot, he had other things to do. So we had to get them cattle gathered early. And so he'd get us up, me and my sisters, and get us up, and we'd, we'd go gather the cattle. And uh, he'd be, we'd be out there saddling horses or whatever. And, and, uh, and, but he'd come in, and, and the, first, the first was a gentle tug on your toe. But you didn't get the gentle tug the second time. It was get up and get around. Well, you know, he'd be up, and we, it don't matter. Some of my sisters were one of, you know, more, more, a little more morning friendly than the other. But, you know, we just had to choose to have that good attitude. Well, you know, in my family, my wife's fine in the morning. But our, our daughter, this youngest daughter especially, you know, she, is not, she does not want to hear, Good morning! <laughs> that does not help her. That's like a major irritation to her. So anyway, words make a big difference. So I just started messing with her, you know, good morning, you know, just grumble around like she is. And then pretty soon she's laughing because she realizes how silly that is. But, it, but our words set, it, it creates an atmosphere. Your, your words will create in you what you think about all kinds of different things. You know, there's studies been done. There's a, there's a thing called... Uh, 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 predictive uh, priming, or the, the idea of saying a phrase enough that people start to buy it. And if you start listening to or look at the, the, the news, they'll say certain phrases. And, and boy, now, if you, ever, if you start being aware of it, you can catch all kinds of little things they're trying to guide us toward. Now, I'm not going to get into the, all the politicals and, and all that junk, but I can guarantee you there's things they condition us for. There's things I've done that with my kids. You know, what do you, what do you do when a kid falls down when they're first little? You go, hey, all right. Or if you go, oh, what do they do? They immediately, they cry and they didn't even know they was hurt until you're scared. Right? <clears throat> but anyway, those words will create. And so God's word is, is, is that for us. I want to take the word of God and allow it to create a faith in me that, that overrides, overcomes, and and stands against every other thing out there. I remember when I was first born again and, and trying to live for God and I was in that 20-year age range and, and I'm just trying to quit, you know, talking like I used to talk and acting like I used to act and, and, and all those things. And there'd be times I just didn't feel like a Christian and I'd get so frust flustered and frustrated. And if I'd have had any support in that idea... I would have bought that idea, but I had my mom and I had my wife and I had people around me saying, no, you're the, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're saved because God said you're saved. And they didn't give me any room to continue and maintain that. But God speaks and we, if we hear and if we receive it, we can uh, receive and walk in the fullness of that. See, God, when He laid out a, a covenant for His people... And He gave us the promises within that covenant. He's establishing it. And we see in the example of Abraham, He just had to get in agreement with it and obey it. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. And uh, let me ask you a question. What is this? What is the Bible? God's Word. Alright. What? God's Word. Okay, so what else? What is, what's another phrase we could use to talk about God's Word? 
It's his, let's say it's his will. There could be several things. You're fishing. But you know what? And you're probably right. But it's his will. Now, see, if I just begin to think about his word, not just being the Bible or the words of God, but his will, then I begin to read it and I begin to read it as if he's handing me his last will and testament. They call it the testament, the Old Testament, New Testament, the Old Covenant, the New Covenant. And it's all in the words so that it can be spoken. See, what, what was left for those who, after someone dies, they, they understand, they, 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 they find out in looking and reading the will and the testament. And I mean, Walter Cronkite's my cousin, was my cousin. He's, he's about a fifth cousin. But you know, he left me out of the will. I mean, I was waiting for that call when I heard he died. Oh, man, cousin, I'm sorry. I didn't, I'm not in a will? What are you talking about? No, I, I didn't really do that. But, you know, I, I, if I would have known I was in the will, or if they'd have called me, I would have went with anticipation. Why? He's, he's probably worth a lot. Might have been something that he'd left me that would have been of value. I, I would have wanted, and, and I wouldn't have just blown that off. I would have been there for the reading of the will. Now, that's what we do when we open this Word. It's a history book. It tells history. But you know as well as I do, it's an instruction manual as well. It's telling me how to live. It's telling me what I've received. It's telling me what God desires for me. Now you have to filter it through the Word, take it within the context of what God's saying. I understand all that. But man, if I've got a mindset that I'm opening the will and the testament of God for me, that changes how I approach the Bible. I've been doing it on... on, uh, on uh, Every morning at 6.30, I've been doing a Bible study. I do it on a high call, our High Call Ministry Facebook page. And so if you want a little 20-minute Bible study every morning, you can go there. And I do that live, and then you can watch it later on. I've got people from, from all around watching that. Not usually a whole big number of people, but it's amazing. There'll be people from, there's a guy from Washington, D.C. There's a lady from uh, South Dakota, Nebraska, Arkansas, uh, Texas, Colorado. Uh, all these pl different places around Oklahoma. It's amazing the people that will come tune in to hear the Word of God and then people will watch later on. But see, we got they're, they're, they're anticipating, they're excited about, or at least they're interested in, I want to hear the will and the testament of my Father. What does He say for me? So that changes how I read the Bible, right? So looking at Genesis chapter 12, I want you to see this, that... Uh, in Genesis chapter 12, this is the call of Abraham. And there's an intro in this Bible to this I've never read before. But I want to, I want to read you what this, this uh, Bible says about this chapter or this story of Abraham. It says, Despite God's swift judgment of sin, most people ignore Him and continue to sin. But a handful of people really tried to follow Him. One of those was Abraham. God appeared to Abraham one day and promised to make his descendants into a great nation. Abraham's part was to, for, uh, in the agreement was to obey God. Through sharp testing and an incident that almost destroyed his family, Abraham remained faithful to God. Through this section, we will discover how to live a life of faith. Abraham is one of the best examples that, that we could have to show us how to walk by faith, how to live a life of faith, how to receive the promises, the will, the testament of God. And so let's look at this verse 1. It says, The Lord said to Abram, now understand this, this is before his name was changed. He began as Abram, and in, in, in chapter 17, God changed his name. 
This, right now, Abram is 20, uh, 75 years old. He's just meeting God, the call of God. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. You understand something here. He, you're taking a, a man and God shows up on the scene and he meets God and God immediately tells him to go. Now, he's, he's looking for a man who will follow him. God is looking for one to build a nation out of. You know, I don't know. This one of the questions I'm going to have is, how many people did he ask before he got to one that would go? You say, well, God knows everything and he wouldn't ask. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, God knows everything. But I can look around here and because I know I've done this. Has God ever asked you to do something and you didn't do it? Unfortunately, I can say yes. And you can too, probably, if you're very sensitive to the things of God. You can acknowledge that you've missed it once in a while. But see, did God's plan get thwarted? No, He, he, had, he had somebody else. He, he'll find somebody else. Here's the thing, I don't want to get to heaven and realize I missed opportunity. I'm so thankful for my wife. Not all women would go with somebody to all the places we've moved to and the different things that God's done in our lives. But she was willing to go. I know men who, who can't be or weren't in ministry because they didn't have a wife that, that could do that as well, that didn't accept that calling as well. My wife doesn't get up in front, doesn't preach, but she's always been there as a support, made sure I was able, and she was always, well, she eventually got willing to go wherever God sent us. There's a few times uh, she said, uh-uh, we're not going there. And then she prayed and she said, okay, we're going. And I let God take care of that. But notice it says God, he, God said to go. And notice what he said. Now he, he, he sent him, but he didn't send him on his own. He said, I'm going to send you to a place that I will show you. But he, he gave him a promise. Look what he did. He said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. See, there's people out there in this world that just are all worried about God blessing. And they get all backing, backing up because somebody talks about the blessing of God. But I'm going to tell you what. Look at what he promises him. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I'll bless you. See, he's, he's teaching Abraham, or Abram, he's teaching him of his goodness. Of his faithfulness. Now listen, Abraham didn't go because of the blessing. See, that's not our pursuit. I talk about that all the time. God wants us to, to be blessed. He just doesn't want us to that to be our motivation. It's, it's the side benefit. It's the benefit as a result of. But he says, I will make your name great. He goes on. And, I will, and you will be a blessing. So he says, I'm going to bless you. And then I'm going to make you a blessing. See, if we make our motivation to bless others, I guarantee God will absolutely take care of you. God will absolutely take care of a person who is willing to be a blessing, willing to give, willing to, to just be available to God. And so he says, 
Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. He says, man, those who associate with you, I'm going to connect that blessing. That blessing begins to spill over. You ever been around somebody who's, who's following God and, and is blessed and all of a sudden you begin to be blessed as well? Even without that direct relationship, God will begin to bless. He begins to bless us. This was what happened with Abraham. And it says, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. So he sends him, but he gives him a promise. Now, Abraham, he does what God says, and he goes. Now look at verse or chapter 15. We're going to jump ahead, and, and Abraham uh, spent several years, quite some time, in the land of Canaan. God was prospering him. God was blessing him. His nephew got in trouble. He, he goes over and he whips the king of Sodom, and he takes Lot back, and he gets the, the, all the bounty... Of that, of that victory, and he has all that blessing, and we're, we're, I'm just re referring to chapter 14. We're not going to really read it, but in that chapter 14, he chooses instead of, he could have, he brought a tithe to the king of Salem, which was Melchizedek. The Bible talks about Melchizedek, Jesus being the, the out of the line of Melchizedek. It doesn't really know for sure who where Salem was, but it could have been Jerusalem, is one of the commentaries I was reading. That's not that important, except for the fact that he brought his tithe to a godly king. He'd taken it from an evil king, but he had all this bounty. And when he got there, the king said, well, here, uh, I'm going I'm to thank you for this, I'm going to keep all this, and then... Something hit Abraham. He said, no, wait a minute. I'm not keeping anything because I don't want any man to claim they blessed me. I only want God to get glory for the blessing and the provision that I have. You ever had, you ever had somebody that you worked for or somebody tried to, would try to own you? One of the things in the church I've always done is I don't cater to the biggest giver. I don't do more, do anything different. In fact, I don't even look at the offering. I don't generally don't even know. I look at the, what the overall number is just so we can know how to pray and believe God. But I don't look through the checks. Oh man, is Bill giving today? I'm going to go over here and rub shoulders with him. You know, no. I, I've, I, had, I had a couple of times in a church where there was one, there was, in one instance, there was this one individual that would have had enough money. Their, their family was worth a lot of money. If I'd have just been real nice to that, I'm being careful how to, so you don't figure out who it is, because it's not in here. This is a long time ago, okay? But, but it could have been a situation where they could have financed everything. But you know what God did? God built a building, did all these things without ever having to take anything from that one. God did it. That's the way we, that's what, that's what we want to be, is that person who says, God, you're the one. That so Abraham, through all these years up till chapter 15, God's, God's doing something in Abraham. He's teaching him how to trust him, and Abraham's demonstrating his faithfulness. He's saying, I'm not going to trust man, I'm not going to uh, or not rely on man. My faith is in you. And, and then it says, in ver and the reason I say this is because in verse 1 of chapter 15, it says, after this. After what? After all this stuff that just happened back here. Now, now God's saying, now you're ready. 
Now things are, things are about to change. And God speaks to me and says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So after this, after he's demonstrated that faithfulness, the word of the Lord shows up, speaks into Abram's life. And, it's, and, and God speaks this. He says, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. See, there's three things he tells him. First, that word came. He says, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Don't allow your emotions, don't allow what you see, don't allow your fear to rule you. Then the second thing he says, he says, I'm your shield. I'm your, I'm your protector. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. See, that's what's so valuable and when we think about a relationship with the Lord, he says, he says, don't be afraid. And here's why. I'm your shield. Now see, he was in a land. He was in a land that had evil kings around him, evil cities. He could have been taken over. But God came and he said, I'm going to take care of you. Don't be afraid. Then he says, your very great reward. I'm also the one that will reward you. I'm your reward. And I begin to think about that, that, that thought of Him being our reward. He's our prize. And, and He's trying to paint a picture, an image for Abraham and say, Listen, you're, I'm your prize. I'm your, I'm your reward. And in me, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. And I'm going to provide. So God was giving him the understanding of that. He, he didn't have to be afraid of the dangerous enemies that were around him. He's, he's shielding him from them. But the other thing he didn't have to be afraid of is he didn't have to be afraid of God providing what he'd promised. You, you ever, you ever uh, think about that and, and, and think about uh, how big God is and then you think about the need that you have and you think, wow... God, you're really big, but I just don't know if I can... I don't know if that can happen for me. It might happen for Judy, but, you know, she's a saint. She just prays, and she just, you know, she's just always in church, and always, you know, I'm sure it could happen for her, but, but not for me. See, that, that's no. We, we, we sometimes have that limited thought. But notice how he responds. Notice how Abraham responds. He says, But Abraham said... Now, how many times... You've heard me say it before, get, your, get, the, get the butt out of the way, okay? Don't, don't allow that to come in. See, the Lord spoke. He said, I got, I'm your, you don't have to be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm your reward. I've got you. I didn't re, uh, turn any kids loose. I guess there any, okay, we're good. I just, now that just hit me. I, <laughs> so, there, there is those three things, but how does Abram respond? He says, but... But, but. Now, he's, he does say Sovereign Lord, or the New King James says Lord God. But, Lord God, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and those who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. That was his head servant. That's who it went to. If you didn't have any kids, was the, the, the main servant, the head servant. So that was the, the heir. But he said, God, what, what have you given me? Now, I saw a word today that I've never uh, taken out of this verse. And it's that word since. S-I-N-C-E. 
Now, I've always said that your senses, S-E-N-S-E, I get that right, Sue, okay. I, you know, I, always, I always try to do my spell checks through her. Uh, but no, that, that is a, our five physical senses. And that's a hindrance to faith. Why do we fear? Our, we, we're seeing, we're feeling, we're hearing. All those things cause it. But see, he says, he says, but God, sovereign God, one who is fully able, I, am, I have all these conditions, childlessness. He says, since. Now, I had to look up that word because I, I had a sneaking suspicion because the Lord's just given me this this afternoon. A synonym of that word is consider. Consider. What do we do when we look at our senses? We're considering what we feel, what we hear. What's the doctors say? What's the finances say? What's the news media say? What's, the, what's my experience say? See, I'm considering all this. Or what am I seeing with my eyes? I, I, I can look in the mirror and see it. Or I can look in the checkbook and see it. Or I can look at, at, at all these other things. I can see. Those are senses. See, he says there, since considering my past, the definition of since is uh, from a definite past time until now. He says, Lord, since this past time. See, he, he'd known God for multiple years, but he'd known his wife for, they were already over, they were probably at least 80. I was trying to find that age in that group. I, I, for some reason, I can't find it. But he's, he's somewhere between. He's not 99 yet. That's when it all turned around in chapter 17. But here it is, this past season, this past time, these past years. He's got all this time. We don't know how long he and Sarah have been trying to have babies. But I'm pretty sure ever since they've been married, they've been trying to have babies. And they're now 80, 80 years old. They've been married a while. And no babies. Since I go childless, since I consider my physical circumstances, my situations. See, he was limited. He had a limited view. I remain childless. And God, you can't do it any other way. How many times do we limit God because we take only what we see, only what we hear, only what we feel. That's where faith comes in. Faith gives us the ability to walk on through based on God's Word. God, what do you say? You don't have, you don't, I can tell you stories all day long of how many times we shouldn't have been able to buy that property or that vehicle, but we did. We shouldn't have been able to, to uh, have that opportunity, but we did. Shouldn't have been able to see God do that, but we did. See, it, it's, it's that following God, not considering those things. Now, I'm not going to say there wasn't an opportunity to fear. There wasn't an opportunity to be overwhelmed. But we've got to go back to what God's Word said. Now, I love this. How does God respond? Verse 4, then, then. Okay, so God spoke. He said, but I've got to consider all these things. Verse 4, or verse, yeah, verse 4. Then the Word of the Lord came. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took, he took him outside. So, first of all, he made it very clear. Here's what, we're, here's what, here's what I'm promising. Alright, so, so eliminate all that doubt. He takes him outside and he says, now look up. 
Look up at the sky. Count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then God said to him, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now what did he just do? He gave him a word, but he also gave him a picture. He gave him a picture. Why? He said, where did he tell him to look? Up. Why did he tell him to look up? Because he's looking down. <laughs> he's looking around. He's looking all here. He's connected to this physical world. He says, look at me. Look up. But he also said, and then he gave him a picture. He said, all, see how all the, that, that multiplication? See, sometimes we look at things and we're, we're so limited by our own history, our own limitations, the things we've seen all our lives. Maybe we're, we, see, we see only what we see here with our senses. We're considering those things since our, this last little history, instead of taking God's Word and settling on it. How do we believe God? Can we do those things? I'm going to read this out of the uh, New King James. I'm a new, new, I, until a year ago, or a little over a year ago, I never used anything but the New King James and, and King James, and some of you still aren't happy because I switched. I hadn't heard you say that. I just, I just know how some, some, uh, some people are. But no, no, I'm just messing with you a little bit. I love the different trends. I'm telling you, it's freshening things up for me. Because whenever I've got it in this Bible that I've read it the same way, preached it the same way so many times, it's the same word. It, this, this totally changed things. I even brought it, bought an ESV. Uh, that's a little bit different yet. But listen to this. I, oh, and I hadn't seen I preached out of this lots of times, but never seen this. Look, look at verse... I'm going to read verse 1. I'm going to read that again out of this Bible. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham, Abram said, Lord God, so he acknowledged God, but will you give me seeing I go childless? See, he said since in the NIV. I hadn't, read it in, I hadn't read it in here yet, but it clicked with me since he's considering. Since he's seeing. Since. And, and you know what? I, I got, when I read it out here, he said, seeing. What are we seeing? He says, see, God, you got to see like me. He's trying to bring God down to his level. Seeing, I go childless. And he says, the heir of my house, Eleazar, then Abraham said, then Abraham said in verse 3, Look, you've given me no offspring. Boy, he's just hammering on this seeing thing. But see, what's God do to him? He says, All right, son, come here. Come outside. Notice what he says in verse 4. Then the word, then the word of the Lord came. This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and he said, what? Look. Love that. Because why? We've got to get our eyes. I teach this stuff all the time, but it's so awesome to see it in the Word of God. He said, look. What do we got to turn our eyes off of sometimes? All the time. Off of the things that are, that are against the Word of God, the promise, the will. And to the things that are the will. Man, I tell you what, I don't think y'all are as excited as I am. I mean, I'm working up a sweat down here. You, you, got to, uh, you got to understand. This is good because the Word of God, when He promises, you say, well, that's just an Old Testament Scripture about an old man that lived 4,000 years ago. 
And it's still the will and testament of God. It's still the Word of God that's speaking to us today. Because the same God that led Abraham and called Abraham to a blessing is called us to... He says the same thing all the way through the Word of God. Do not be afraid. Why? Because I'm your shield. What's Read the Psalms. All through Psalms, you can hear it. God, David's talking about it. He's, he's fighting the battle for him. He's taking care of the psalmist all right. And, and here he is. You're, uh, he's my, my exceeding great reward. He says, look. Now, now, one of the keys that happened here is look at verse 6. Or he said, look out of heaven. Number the stars if you can see it. Verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him under righteousness. He believed. See, here's the thing. When the Word of God comes into our lives and we hear it, and we get our eyes off of the, all, the, all the reasons why it can't work, and we just trust Him. See, when, when I began to walk this way, to trust God in this way, it, 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 it was only just so and I and just believe in God. But we trusted God through all those things. And God continued to provide. God continued to make a way. See, considering my senses will always limit me. When you go to God and when you talk to others, what are you considering? What are you seeing? So you need to ask yourself, God, what do you say? We say this a lot. I say this a lot. But ask God, what do you say? What's your will concerning this situation? What's your best? What's your word say? See, in all this pandemic, all this shutdown, all this stuff that's going on in the world, everybody says, well, the new normal, I say the abnormal. I ain't agreeing with the, the new normal. But there are going to be things change. But you know what? There was things changed back in 1990. And there was things changed in 93. And there was things changed in our lives a lot. you faced stuff before, haven't you? And you know what? God still carry does, carry, is carrying us through. I don't care if the whole thing collapses. My God's still faithful. And that's where our faith's got to be. You know, we can't get wrapped up in a limitation. And we've got to make a decision to, 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 to hang on to the things of God. We've got to look up. We've got to take the, the limits off. See, he believed. And i got more, but I'm going to save it for next week. I'm going to tell you what, I, 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 when, when you tie in Hebrews chapter 11, and the, the, they talk about Abraham and Sarah, when you tie that in, and then you go to Hebrew, or Romans chapter 4, and you start tying in how he believed, how he trusted God, and what God did, it is phenomenal. You know, you don't have to throw out uh, a, a, a set of beliefs just because... It, it might make you a little bit uncomfortable. Just go, to, go before God and say, God, what's your, what are you saying? What are your words saying? What, are you, what, do you, what can I have? You know, I challenge you all the time about expecting God to do great things. I challenge you all the time to take those limits off. You know what? You may have to go through a surgery, but why not believe God for a miracle anyway? It may be difficult for a period of time, but God can carry you through in a way that you, you might not have ever had before. And God might just carry you through in a way where you didn't have to go through the other things. Give God, give God that glory and that expectation. We're going to close tonight. And for those that are watching and those that are here, you know, I always want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of your life if you haven't. 
The greatest thing, all of this talking about faith, walking with a God who takes care of us in all those ways, promises us to provide for us, take care of us. You know, that, that all starts with that relationship with Jesus Christ. And we've got to make that simple prayer that says, Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ, that God raised you from the dead. I believe you died for my sin and I need a Savior. And if you'll have me, Lord, I repent of my sin and I invite you into my heart. When we pray a prayer like that, we accept Jesus as Lord. And if you're watching, you've never made that prayer. If you're here, let's just pray that together. Father God, we just come before you tonight. If there's any who have not made Jesus Lord, I pray that tonight they would make Jesus Lord. They'd, they'd, they'd yield to that tugging on their heart by the Holy Spirit of God that says, Come on, it's a free gift. Receive the shed blood of Jesus, the provision for your sin, and the forgiveness. And if you'll pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Be my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Make me new, and I'll walk with you. Then you can be born again. I thank you and I praise you, Father God, for, for being with those that make that decision now or later when they watch this again. And I pray that they'd contact me or someone close to them that's a believer. Begin that, that, that life, that walk. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.